for the 29th of January of this good year of 2024. This is the Disorderly Show's TLDR News Roundup, and if real quick, if you're wondering why there hasn't been any news lately, well, listen to the podcast this week as I'll dive into it. Now, to the news you don't want to read, the whole point of this whole thing is I'll read it for you. The Biden administration is implementing a new requirement for major artificial intelligence system developers to disclose their safety test results to the government. I don't think... uh, Oh, I'm sure this had something to do with the Taylor Swift thing that occurred. And if you don't know what that is, I'm surprised you haven't learned about it. But the key points of this initiative include the government under the Defense Production Act will mandate AI companies to share crucial information with the Commerce Department, including safety tests, insurance, AI systems are safe before public release. And currently, there's no common standard for safety tests among software companies, and the National Institute of Standards and Technology is tasked with developing a uniform framework for assessing AI safety as part of Biden's executive order. Also, the administration is collaborating with other nations like the EU to help establish rules for managing AI technology. And the Commerce Department is also drafting a rule regarding U.S. cloud companies that provide servers to foreign AI developers. And the government is increasing the hiring of AI experts and data scientists and federal agencies to manage this technology efficiently. Philips, a Dutch company, I didn't know they were Dutch, has announced a significant decision regarding its sleep apnea machines in the U.S., Now, Philips has recalled over 5 million pressurized breathing devices, CPAP machines, due to the risk of internal foam degradation. Users risk inhaling these tiny particles from the foam while sleeping. And since the problem's announcement in mid-2021, efforts to repair or replace these machines have been slow, which have obviously caused frustration among patients in the U.S. and other countries. So Philips has reached a tentative agreement with the FDA and the Department of Justice, and the deal is pending finalization and approval by a U.S. judge, but it looks like everything's going to be good to go. Under the agreement, Philips can continue servicing recalled machines, but is barred from selling new ones in the U.S. until it meets specific corrective actions as required by the FDA. And the company has allocated $393 million for expenses to comply with these requirements. Now, untreated sleep apnea, which these devices help manage, can lead to dangerous drowsiness and increased heart attack risk, and it's more common in men, affecting an estimated 10 to 30% of adults. Man, this announcement does not settle the 675 personal injury lawsuits consolidated in a federal court in Pennsylvania. Phillips also faces legal challenges in Canada, Australia, Israel, and Chile. The Supreme Court of Pennsylvania has issued a significant ruling related to the state's Medicaid coverage for abortions. The court's decision allows for a challenge to the Pennsylvania Abortion Control Act of 1982, which has prohibited Medicaid coverage for most abortions except in cases of rape, incest, or when the mother's life is at risk. Now, this challenge comes years after an initial legal petition against the act was dismissed, and healthcare providers brought forward the case in 2019 on behalf of their patients, arguing that the 42-year-old legislation violated the Pennsylvania Constitution, the state's Equal Rights Amendment, and equal protection provisions. They compared it to other states where Medicaid programs provided 
broader abortion coverage. And in 2021, a lower court did dismiss the case, but the Pennsylvania Supreme Court's recent ruling overturns that decision. And while the Supreme Court didn't rule on the constitutionality of the coverage exclusion, it cleared the way for plaintiffs to challenge it in court again. And the Pennsylvania Supreme Court recognized a fundamental right to reproductive autonomy under the state constitution, which includes the decision to have an abortion. This was explicitly concurred by two of the five justices considering the case. In Pennsylvania, abortion is permitted up to 24 weeks into a pregnancy, and the court ruled that the providers have standing to challenge the law, overruling a previous decision based on the 1985 Fisher v. Department of Public Welfare case. An extensive report has uncovered a complex and hidden connection between prison labor in the U.S. and the nation's food supply chains, leading to some of the largest food companies and brands. I think we all kind of knew that, but now it's out there. An investigation by the Associated Press reveals that the U.S. prisoners are part of an intricate supply chain for major food companies contributing to products found in American kitchens and exported globally. Now, as we all know, prisoners are often forced to work for little or no pay. They face harsh conditions and lack basic worker protections, and refusal to do the work can also lead to severe consequences, including solitary confinement. Now, this practice dates back to post-Civil War labor needs and is legally backed by the 13th Amendment, which prohibits slavery except as punishment for a crime, and this clause is what's currently being challenged. Now, the prison labor system has evolved into a multi-billion dollar industry extended beyond traditional roles to include agricultural work and services for private companies. And while corrections officials argue that prison work offers skill building and rehabilitation opportunities, critics argue for fair compensation, humane treatment, and voluntary work conditions. Some companies buying directly from prisons are violating their own policies against such labor, while legal challenges and efforts to change state constitutions regarding forced labor are underway. The Defense Department has identified the three U.S. soldiers killed in a drone attack on a U.S. military outpost in Jordan. They were Sergeant William Rivers, who was 46, from Carrollton, Georgia, Specialist Kennedy Sanders, who's 24, from Waycross, Georgia, and Specialist Brianna Moffitt, who's 23, from Savannah, Georgia. These soldiers were part of the 718th Engineer Company, a U.S. Army Reserve unit based out of Fort Moore, Georgia. Over 40 individuals were injured also in the drone attack, with the possibility of this number increasing, and the high casualty count was attributed to the drone hitting a housing facility on the base where many service members were still sleeping. Eight personnel were medically evacuated to the Baghdad Diplomatic Support Center, and of these, three will be transported for further care, while the other five are expected to return to duty after assessments for mild traumatic brain injuries. The enemy drone approached the U.S. military outpost, Tower 22, simultaneously with an American drone returning to the base. This coincidence led to initial uncertainty over whether the approaching drone was friendly or not. The Czech Republic has officially confirmed its intention to procure 24 F-35 stealth fighters from the U.S., marking a significant expansion of the F-35's footprint in Europe, especially among NATO member states. Although the specific F-35 variant for the Czech Republic wasn't confirmed, it's presumed to be the F-35A CTOL variant equipped with the latest Block 4 upgrades. I'm sure you all know exactly what that is, just like I do. I have no idea. Now, the deal is estimated to be around $6.6 billion, encompassing the aircraft, pilot training, ammunition service, logistical support, and upgrades to an Air Force base. And the Czech Air Force expects to receive its first F-35 in 2031 with the complete delivery by 2035. 
The F-35s will replace the Czech Republic's current squadron of Saab JAS-39CD Gripens, which have been used for primarily air defense. They also operate the L-159A Advanced Light Combat Aircraft for light attack and close support roles, though it's unclear if the F-35s will replace these as well. And this is not a shocker, but one of the main reasons why the Czech Republic is purchasing these now is because of what's going on in Ukraine. A Hong Kong court has ordered the liquidation of China Evergrande Group, the world's most heavily indebted real estate developer, after its failure to restructure $300 billion in debt. The judge declared it appropriate for Evergrande to wind up its business due to its insolvency and failure to propose a viable restructuring plan. Evergrande's collapse is part of a broader crisis in China's property industry, which has been under pressure to reduce debt levels viewed as a threat to the country's economic growth. Evergrande owes about $25.4 billion to foreign creditors, with total liabilities far exceeding its assets of about $240 billion. Now, the implications of the liquidation on China's financial system and on Evergrande's ability to complete ongoing housing projects remains unclear. And not surprising, following the announcement, their shares dropped so bad that trading had to be suspended. Now, the Hong Kong court did give Evergrande a chance to refine a new debt restructuring plan, but ultimately decided to proceed with the liquidation due to the lack of a viable proposal. Now, the real estate sector has been a major driver of China's economic growth, but heavy borrowing by developers like Evergrande has led to a high debt-to-GDP ratio. Now, the liquidation in Hong Kong, which operates under a different legal system for mainland China, presents a test case for cross-border bankruptcy recognition and the restructuring of struggling property developers. And finally, Jimmy Collins, who's 59, and Ashley Collins of 37 of Birchwood, Tennessee, have been sentenced for their roles in a prescription pharmacy scheme that defrauded the Pentagon's health program, TRICARE, of over $65 million. So in addition to having to repay all of that money back, Jimmy Collins is going to get a 10-year prison sentence, which is the maximum for his charge of receipt of illegal remuneration, while Ashley Collins is going to get 18 months of home confinement for conspiracy. So from 2014 to 2015, the Collins' operated a medical clinic that recruited service members and other TRICARE beneficiaries to receive unnecessary specialty medications in exchange for kickbacks. And prescriptions were filled by a pharmacy in Utah and billed to TRICARE at exorbitant rates, allowing the Collinses to finance a lavish lifestyle, including luxury cars, real estate, and an 82-foot yacht. Now, this scheme was part of the largest case of medical fraud in Pentagon history, leading to a significant budget shortfall in 2015 and subsequent restrictions on coverage of compound medications. Marines Josh Morgan and Daniel Castro, along with former Navy sailor Kyle Adams, were involved as recruiters, finding TRICARE beneficiaries for the scheme, and all three have pleaded guilty. Additional defendants, including a nurse practitioner and patient recruiters associated with the Collins, are still awaiting sentencing. In fiscal 2022, the Justice Department returned $26.2 million to the Defense Department from health care fraud convictions. And that, oh, it feels good to say now, is the Disorderly Show's TLDR News Roundup. I'll be here tomorrow. I've learned my lesson.